you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. NFL Now is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Rams House, this is for you. Josh Allen, 6'5", 237 pounds. He threw a big old haymaker of a stiff arm at the end of that run. He's going to run. He's inside the five. Josh Allen stretched it out and crossed the goal line for the Buffalo touchdown. Wow. Stanford back to throw again. Fires one down the middle. The corner's intercepted. Now the door is closing fast on the Rams. Josh throws it downfield looking for Diggs. Touchdown, Buffalo. Stephon Diggs. The Bills are out here putting on a show in L.A. here tonight. And just like that, the 2022 NFL season is underway. I'm Omar Reese alongside my pal Steve Weich here in the NFL Network newsroom. Steve, I can't tell what was hotter, the Bills play or the temperature inside the stadium last night? Oh, it was, it was the Bills play. It was hot, and they burned. They roasted the Rams. Yeah, we both sweated through a couple different shirts. We'll have much more on the game from last night in just a little bit. But first, we start with big news out of Baltimore. You all know by now Lamar Jackson's been representing himself in contract negotiations Heading into the final year of his rookie deal, that fifth-year option. But today, the Baltimore Ravens releasing a statement from general manager Eric DaCosta saying that they will not reach a long-term deal with Lamar Jackson. They'll resume talks at the end of this season. For more details on this story, we welcome in our insiders Ian Rappaport and Mike Garofolo, along with Mark Ross for an front office perspective, former executive of the New York Giants. Well, here is that statement now. You see Eric DaCosta saying that, unfortunately, despite best efforts on both sides, we are unable to reach a contract extension with Lamar. He goes on to explain that they will look forward to a successful 2022 campaign. And then after that, they'll look forward to negotiating. Again, for much more on this story, we welcome in our Ian Rappaport, Mike Garofolo, and front office perspective on Mark Ross. Ian, we'll start with you. How did we get to this point? Yeah, we just never sense momentum, Mike, and I know you heard the same thing. Never sense momentum that a deal would get done for the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson, and it wasn't for lack of trying. I think both sides really wanted to get a deal done. There was a lot of good faith negotiations, and you know this was not like most deals. It wasn't an agent talking to a cap guy. I mean, this was Lamar Jackson and Eric DaCosta talking to each other because Lamar does not have an agent, very famously, and was doing the deal himself. And it did sound like the Ravens made. Uh, a really strong offer, a really good, good faith effort to try to get a deal done. But so much of the issue, Mike, was about guaranteed money, trying to get as close as possible to Deshaun Watson, $230 million fully guaranteed. And the Ravens, as we've seen and as we've known, because Steve Bishotti, the owner, came out and said it, they just were never going to do a precedent-setting, fully guaranteed deal. Uh, that made it difficult, and that is one of the reasons Lamar Jackson is playing it out and betting on himself this season. Yeah, and by the time all is said and done, over five years of his NFL career, Lamar Jackson will have made about 
million dollars. Did I get that calculation correct? I believe I wrote it down somewhere. 23 plus 9, yes, $32.5 million over five years. It's kind of ridiculous because an MVP quarterback, a starting caliber quarterback, should be making more than that per year. But for Lamar Jackson, it doesn't matter what the average annual value is if the full guarantee or at least something close to that wasn't there. That's how these negotiations went. Whereas the Ravens are saying since the dawn of time, well, not since the dawn of time, since since recently, this is how NFL quarterback contracts have been done. Deshaun Watson, and we can talk for a long time about whether this should or should not have been the case. Deshaun Watson had bidders at the table. And he had a team that badly wanted him enough they were willing to guarantee the whole thing. If Lamar Jackson wants to get to that point, he's got to play out two more of these franchise tags, okay, after this upcoming season. So it seems like he's willing to at least start to go down that road. It is a bit of a gamble, Ian, but it's a gamble with $32 million already in his pocket. And, Mark, when you look at this potential new deal that will start to be renegotiated after this season. You also have the franchise tag. What are the chances that a long-term deal actually gets done before Lamar hits free agency? Well, that's the question since the dawn of time. Things are usually done, but now Lamar, (laughs) with not having the agent has been mentioned, you don't know. And it's so unprecedented with how he's dealing with things. You would think, okay, this is how things will get done. You play out the year. Okay, you put the tag on you. We keep trying to work it out. But is that Lamar's mindset? We don't know. Of course, the Ravens are going to do business the way they do business because that's the Ravens. They're one of the best organizations in football with drafting and developing and signing players. But now they're just in this unique situation with Lamar that, you know, Omar, I wish I could say, yes, this is what's going to happen. And this is what Lamar is going to do. But since he is representing himself and maybe he does change his mind throughout the year and he does hire representation or someone gets to him and then it'll make the transition easier. Things can get done. But as of now, you know, if I'm on the Baltimore side, Eric DaCosta's side, it's like, man, I, I don't know how to really have to approach this thing to get it done. Again, Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens will not reach a long-term deal by today's imposed deadline by Lamar Jackson. They'll resume talks after this season. Fellows, the last time a Baltimore Ravens quarterback bet on himself, played out the last year of the contract, we saw Joe Flacco go on and win a Super Bowl. Much more from all three of you throughout the show. Big news out of Dallas. Dak Prescott officially limited in practice yesterday, dealing with an ankle issue he says was caused by a change in cleats. He addressed that yesterday, and then Mike McCarthy follows with more from today's press conference. It is just being very, very precautious. Switch shoes today probably wasn't the best idea, so um, there we go. So we're good to go. Promise that. Same ankle. Same ankle. What do you need me to do? You need me how, how frustrating. <laughs> you have facts. Shoes. You're saying is, is it was a little tight, or I think it was a shoe deal. Yeah, and so boom, limited, good to go. I promise you, I'm great. <laughs> so is that the bionic ankle? Exactly, it's the bio, it's the bionic ankle. So we're fine. I'll just say that, you know, he's going to be a full full participant today. You know, I anticipate it'll be the same tomorrow. So I, I don't I, I don't have any concern about him playing Sunday. All right, we heard Jane Slater's voice in there. You're all over this story, Jane. They say he's fine. What are you hearing there in Dallas? That seems to be all there is to the story. They were simply Jordan 11s that he typically doesn't wear. It's the Jordan 1s that he feels most comfortable in. Now, why he decided to change up his shoe on Thursday ahead of game day on Sunday is news to me. But he says he typically wears new cleats every single week. This was just a different style, and it was tight. And because it is on that ankle that has been surgically repaired, Twice, the team, out of an abundance of caution, wanted to make sure that he was okay to go. And it sounds like it was just discomfort 
and he'll be back at practice today and again on Saturday, and they have no problems with him playing on Sunday, and that seems to be all there is to it. I just found it curious, Omar, that if it's giving you problems, why not just walk in the locker room and change them then and there? He was sitting out of some of the individual drills, left practice early ahead of the media availability portion. And, you know, it started to feel like last year at training camp when he had the shoulder issue. He did a press conference after, said he was fine, and then he missed most of training camp. So we had a lot of obvious questions, specifically because it was tightness there on that ankle that had been repaired twice. Uh, but it sounds like there's nothing to this story, and he is good to go. But I think he's learned a valuable lesson here. Stick to the Jordan ones. <laughs> Well, we've seen that play out a million times, Jane, where a couple trainers will run out from the locker room with new shoes, guy changes out. Yeah, it leads to curious questions. You're certainly right about that. And because it's the Dallas Cowboys, we'll be following it all weekend long. Jane Slater, thank you very much. As for the big game last night, the season opener, a couple guys who had a huge hand in that Super Bowl 56 win for the Rams, Andrew Whitworth and OBJ helping celebrate it. But the preseason MVP frontrunner Josh Allen, many people's picks for Super Bowl frontrunners, the Buffalo Bills showed every bit why so many people are confident about those Bills. And then how about Von Miller, his return, Steve, all over Joe Nopu. Just here, bench press. All over Just Matt Stafford. forklifted him right there. That was early in the game. He says, I am back. LA. 31-10, the final score. Bills improved to 1-0 and solidify themselves as a Super Bowl favorite. There you see Josh Allen's numbers in his first game back in California. 26 of 31, 297 yards, three touchdowns. I did have those two interceptions, something the Bills can clean up on. Here's some reaction from after the game. 1-0 each week is, is our mindset, playoff caliber. You know, that's that's what we're trying to do. That's what Coach McDermott preaches is. And that's what, you know, our mindset and mentality is every time we step in our facility is what can we do to allow ourselves the opportunity to go one and all this week? It felt like, I, you know, I was playing against my, you know, my brothers over there. You know, you want everybody to, you know, come out healthy. Um, you want everybody to, you know, have a good game. But you want the guys over here to, to score a little bit more and you want to win the game. So we got that done and everybody balled out today. Everybody on the defense, everybody in the offense. It, it was a great game. They are a good team and well coached, got good players. Um, like Josh, I heard Josh, uh, his comments in the hallway there. It's, it's just about winning one game. And uh, that's what it was. We came, came together in the second half, um, played good complimentary football, starting with the opening kickoff of the second half. And, uh, you know, still some things we have to work on in terms of taking care of the football. You know, overall execution and just um, our capability, you know, capability of playing better, we, there's, there's a whole lot more there. So the one thing that gives me, um, you know, a, a good feeling is knowing the guys in that locker room and knowing how we're going to, you know, all band together, look at each other, Look inward first and go, hey, what can I do to be better for the guy next to me? Bottom line is I didn't do a good enough job getting us ready to go to our capabilities. I have total belief and confidence in what we can do moving forward. Whether we won tonight or whether we had a humbling experience like this, we've got 16 games guaranteed left. And we're going to dust ourselves off. We're going to look ourselves in the mirror. We're going to be accountable to the things that we can all do better within the framework of our roles. And we're going to move forward the right way. All right, 16 more opportunities for the Rams to get it right. But look at Josh Allen. He's been getting it right so often throughout his career since 1950. Most games with three-plus passing touchdowns and one, at least one rushing touchdown. There he is, seven, climbing those charts with Tom Brady and Drew Brees, the only players ahead of him. So much to break down about this game. Steve Weich back with us along with Mark Ross. Steve, we'll start with you. So many aspects of the Bills game look like they're clicking on all cylinders. What stood out to you? Well, I mean, look, the key thing is the Bills came and handled business. They dominated both lines of scrimmage. And when I say dominated, that is with a capital D. And that starts with their defense. 
you saw guys like Ed Oliver, Von Miller, so many guys up front, A.J. Epinesa, Boogie Basham, but they disrupted everything the Rams tried. Timing, this and that. And that, Mark, that's the Von Miller effect. It's the same effect he had when he joined the Rams midseason. And I was at Von Miller's pass rush camp this summer in Las Vegas, and he brought all of his defensive line teammates with him to that camp to form kind of that unity you saw last night on full display. So if they continue to dominate the line of scrimmage, it will allow offensively Josh Allen to manipulate any defense he's going to see, but it will also allow their own defense to continue to grow because they stifled the Rams' offense to basically make them look like it was nothing more than Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup playing catch. Steve, you're right about the front. Don't forget to my man Jordan Phillips in there looking Jordan like the second coming to Joe Green up in there. Right. I mean, come on. But let's go to the flip side. We got to talk about the, the, the obvious, and that's Josh Allen. And, I mean, all the hype in the offseason, this guy's going to be better, MVP candidate, and he just went in there and just completely said, yep, that's it, and I'm going to raise it up even another level to show I may be the best player in football. I mean, what a dominant performance, throwing the ball, moving around, running, leading rusher again last night uh, for the Bills. So, I mean, he just really took his game to another level, and it looks like he could even keep getting better off of that performance. That game should have been over early, except for the, the turnovers uh, that kept the Rams in the game. And that's the sign of greatness and a great quarterback. It's like, okay, I got a couple turnover, turnovers. It's tied at halftime. Let's just go in the second half, and let me just, just go crush them in the second half. So Josh Allen, I mean, what a virtuoso performance there, living up to all the <laughs> hype and the expectations. And, man, that that is a scary team right there, Steve. And mentioning the fronts, the line, the playmakers, and maybe the best, best player in football, Omar. Yeah, the accuracy and the power from Josh Allen, both on display. Those balls so catchable for him. Meanwhile, the Rams, I think back to last year, they got blown out by the Titans. They got blown out by the 49ers. They still went on to win the Super Bowl. So no time to panic yet, Mark, but still a lot of areas to improve. What uh, impressed you most about where the Rams need to find uh, some quick improvement? Well, yeah, that's the thing is the panic. And they did have that stretches of last season where they looked bad. And I was like, these guys aren't going to make the playoffs. So you don't want to overreact. So what's real and what's the overreaction? So let's start with the O-line. Okay, you lose Andrew Whitworth and that O-line, they struggled, as Steve mentioned. And it wasn't just Von Miller wrecking it. It was everybody up there. So is that going to get better? I don't know. And then you look at Matthew Stafford, the the elbow. Is that a concern? He looked like the Detroit Lions' Matthew Stafford, the bad game. So will that continue to be a problem? Okay, we lose OBJ. Do we have another playmaker to compliment Cooper Cup? Last night, no. Who's going to step up? Allen Robinson was supposed to be that guy, but at least in one game, he looked very pedestrian. Uh, So those are the huge concerns for the Rams. And then also the Von Miller effect. Von goes, where's the other pass rush coming besides Aaron Donald? So can they right the ship? Can they straighten this out? Or is this an overreaction to one game? Or these look like things that could continue for a while, Steve. Yeah, Mark, let's not panic. Because as Omar pointed out, when you saw the Rams lose last year, They got bullied, right? They got bullied in the trenches by Tennessee, by the 49ers, by teams like that. They will figure some things out. But I want to get to what you said, a compliment to Cooper Cup. Because all I heard leading up to this game from people with the Rams, man, Allen Robinson, he can play play the X, he can play the Z, he can play the Y. He played the Y last night, but W-H-Y. Why didn't you throw him the ball? He had one target uh, until the final few minutes of the game, and it really just seemed like it wasn't he was being locked up. It was just seemed like that was all that Matthew Stafford felt comfortable doing because he was under pressure, significant pressure. They could not run the football. 
So they didn't play any form of complimentary football on offense. They will figure that out. Sean McVay will figure that part out. So you look, go, go to the defensive side of the ball. You saw all the confusion in the secondary because of Josh Allen's run threat. They were putting the DBs in conflict who were playing in that soft zone, trying to keep everything underneath. But that allowed some of those leaky plays when they were getting Jalen Ramsey and other corners to come up to try to stop Allen in the run, put it over their head, got some bad eyes, bad technique on a couple plays too. The Rams will clean that up. That was a game one. We talk about Super Bowl hangover. I don't know if they were hungover, but they sure did get a sobriety check last night by one of the best teams in the NFL. And if you're a Rams fan this morning looking for optimism, remember how badly the Packers lost last season in their opener, 38-3, down in Jacksonville against the Saints. Obviously came back to be the number one seed in the NFC. So a long, long season to go. We'll be talking about it all year long. And no more, they're not playing the Buffalo Bills every week. Correct. They're going to exactly. get a little, 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 little lesser teams the rest of the season. Every bit the Super Bowl favorite we've all made them out to be. Much more ahead here on NFL Now. We're just getting warm up. Russell Wilson preparing for the huge homecoming this weekend in Seattle. After the break, we're bringing in James Palmer to discuss all the details of Russ's reunion. Can stop me. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Packers and Vikings set to renew their NFC North rivalry. Two-time reigning MVP Aaron Rodgers makes his debut without Devontae Adams in years. There's Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins. A lot of dark horse for MVP talk for Kirk Cousins. For more on this monster matchup, we welcome in our Tom Pelissero, who's at the Vikings facility as we speak. And obviously, new head coach for the Vikings, Kevin O'Connell, in his debut. What's What's the Vikings vibe right now heading into this one? Omar, I'd say the vibe has been very upbeat here ever since Kevin O'Connell got hired. You go back through the offseason, the way that he took care of players, shorter practices, fewer days in pads. It was all really built to get them to this moment, be healthy, and know the schemes going into the regular season. Well, from a health perspective, they're in pretty good shape overall at this point. One situation to monitor is going to be their first-round draft pick, Lewis Seen, limited in practice yesterday because of a knee issue. I was told it's not anything that's believed to be major. Practice is going to be coming up here in a few minutes, so we'll get a little bit better idea on scene status. But a real big test for the Vikings, no doubt about it. All those good vibes don't mean anything when you set foot on the field in your home stadium, U.S. Bank Stadium, on Sunday against your biggest rival, the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers, 15-10-1 all-time against the Vikings. Last several years going up against Mike Zimmer's defense. Obviously, new defensive system now. How are they preparing to face Minnesota's new defense? Well, there's definitely an unknown there, Omar, Anytime that you've got a completely new scheme. The Vikings haven't run a 3-4 defense since the mid-'80s. And now Ed Donatel, who Kevin O'Connell hired to be the defensive coordinator, comes in installing that type of a scheme. Donatel worked for the past decade or so with Vic Fangio in several different places. So I spoke yesterday on the phone to Packers running back Aaron Jones, who told me not only have they gone into the Vikings tape from the preseason, they've gone back and watched 
Broncos tape from the past couple of years just to try to get an idea of how the Vikings might attack them. Still a lot of the same pieces in place. A lot of them are going to be used differently, though, in this new scheme. So a different type of a challenge for a Packers offense that also is going to be playing their first regular season game since the trade of wide receiver Devontae Adams. Aaron Jones told me it's going to take everybody. It's got to be the tight ends, the running backs, the wide receivers to pick up the slack from a receiving perspective. Aaron Jones himself, though, has done a lot of that in the past, Omar. Ten touchdowns in seven games without Adams. He may have to do more this week. Alan Lazard not practicing again today. Has not practiced all week since he got stepped on his ankle in practice last week. Also, David Bakhtiari, the left tackle, not on the field for the Packers today. Doesn't necessarily mean he won't play this week, but that's going to be a situation to monitor heading into Sunday. Yeah, definitely contributing factors, both Bakhtiari and Alan Lazard cannon on for major contributions this year if the Packers are going to continue to dominate that division. Tom Pelissero, thank you very much. Mike Garofolo and Ian Rappaport are here now with the latest news from around the league. We're going to start with a huge game in Chicago. The 49ers and the Bears facing off against one another. Trey Lance, the definitive starter in his debut. Will or won't he have George Kittle, Mike? We're going to find out later today, Omar. George Kittle uh, with that groin issue that he's kind of been working his way through. Uh, we'll see if the 49ers think that he can uh, manage his way through that. Uh, did not practice the last couple of days, uh, and it's not a great sign, obviously. Uh, and you hope when you start to hear groin that it's not more of a long-term thing, but uh, nobody has had, I don't think, any team worse injury karma over the last couple of years combined than the 49ers, and they're sitting here thinking, here we go already, Omar. So we'll, we'll see later today. Obviously, uh, not practicing the last two days, not a great sign yeah, for George Kittle. Certainly use that security blanket for Trey Lance. Meanwhile, in Baltimore, we know about Lamar's contract situation now. What about J.K. Dobbins? He's saying he's been going to be playing in week one this entire offseason. Will that happen? He did. Uh, when Ian Rappaport reported that he was no sure thing for week one, Dobbins was certainly sure that he would be out there. Well, Lamar Jackson earlier this week said that he hopes that Dobbins will be out there, expects him to be out there in the next couple of weeks. So do with that part what you will. In the meantime, John Harbaugh did meet the media today, uh, and he said he will not talk about the injured player's status ahead of Monday. The only thing he clarified was that Marcus Peters, who was not on the field, said the cornerback was just getting a veteran rest day. So we'll see how the 40, or 49ers, we did the 49ers already. We'll see how the Ravens uh, designate J.K. Dobbins on their injury report later today. Uh, but it is certainly looking like perhaps even if he is out there in some capacity, it might be a limited role because he's been limited in practice the last couple of days, Omar. And if we want to call it, it's the Joe Flacco revenge game starting for the Jets against his old team that he led to a Super Bowl uh, win several years ago. Will he have Dwayne Brown to protect him? He will not. The Jets already down left tackle. Mekhi Becton are going to be down Dwayne Brown as well. He suffered an injury on Monday in practice uh, and then wasn't in practice the last couple of days. And Robert Sala finally today saying that Dwayne Brown will not play. So that means George Fent goes back from right tackle over to left tackle. Now, the silver lining in all of this is that even though the Jets have lost their top two left tackles, Fent was the guy that was working there. Uh, for the entire offseason and then into much of training camp. Only recently had he moved to right tackle. So at least that's the guy that's been with your starting offense for the bulk of the offseason. So Fant uh, moving into the left side to face the Baltimore Ravens uh, and guard Joe Flacco. Still to come here on NFL Now, Russell Wilson set to return to Seattle. A revenge game, perhaps. We'll have much more on that one when NFL Now rolls on. Now I got it, so I ball.
A legendary career for Russell Wilson in Seattle. Won a Super Bowl with Pete Carroll. In fact, they're the sixth winningest all-time combination of quarterback head coach in NFL history. Russell Wilson returns to Seattle for his very first game as a Denver Bronco Monday Night Football. You can see it on ESPN and ABC. Pete Carroll addressed facing his former star pupil for the first time. He's a terrific player, and he's going to do his thing over there just like all the guys we play. Um, this has been a long time coming. You know, it's not like just you know we just changed changed uniforms last week. You know, so uh, we're we're in good shape, and I'm not in any way uh, expecting it to be anything different. People, um, you know, have their opinions and thoughts and ideas, and everybody has their own right to think what they th- want to think. You know, I, I know how the whole thing went and how it, how it transpired and just the whole situation, but also at the same same time too, I know that. Uh, you know, I, every second of it I've, I've enjoyed, you know, uh, in terms of being there and just trying to give my all every day. You know, that's, that's all I know. For Broncos social media team fired up for this one. Three days until kickoff. Of course, Russell Wilson's number three will be on full display for the entire country to watch his return to Seattle. For much more on this game, we welcome in James Palmer and welcome back Mark Ross. James, as you know, Lumen Field is a special, special place for a big monster primetime game. How do you think Russell Wilson will be handling the emotions of his return in that environment? Well, Omar, you heard what Pete Carroll said there, that this has been a long time coming. Everybody's known that this game was going to be opening the season for some time, and Russell Wilson's preparation has been the same for a really long time. I go back to a conversation I had with him at the very beginning of training camp, and he told me, I'm going to go into this game with no emotion. I can't play with emotion. You can't win with emotion. I can play with passion, but I can't let emotion get the best of me. Well, it's interesting. He said that exact same thing yesterday. So he's had the same mantra throughout this entire process of how he was going to handle this. Now, he talks to Peyton Manning, who lives here in Denver regularly, and that's going to continue, he told me, throughout the season. This is one thing, though, that they haven't really talked about because Russ doesn't believe spending time on things that don't help you win are some things that winners don't do. So he doesn't want to focus on the distractions by any means. This has been his approach throughout this entire game week as well. And when I've talked to teammates in the locker room, Mark, they have told me the same thing. There's been no Russell Wilson speeches. I've been told by multiple players about we got to go beat my old team. But they have said he has told us little things he knows about Seattle, like so many players do, about ways to beat them. But his teammates have said a couple of things about how they think things could go. And Melvin Gordon specifically said, they, I think they're going to cheer him initially, but they might be booing him because I do believe he has a good chance of lighting it up. 100% agree with that. I was going to get to that, James. I think his preparation will be, I'm going to go <laughs> mop up this bad Seattle team. I think that's not going to be a very good team there. Russell against Geno Smith, a little bit of a mismatch. But you're right, Russell Wilson is a true professional uh, a star, uh, won a Super Bowl, you know, Pro Bowls. He's done it all in out in this league, and that's why he's been so successful. Is because he's been able to just block out all the distractions, and all his focus is about how do I win this game. And I guarantee you that that's what he is really thinking about. Of course, he hears the chatter. He knows it probably had a little extra motivation, but but day in and day out, each minute that he's working, he's talking about I'm I'm trying to win this football game, and I'm not going to get caught up in the emotions of it so and i believe him you know some other players you might see like i don't know but russell wilson i believe that because that Mm -hmm. is why this guy has become one of the best quarterbacks in the nfl is because of his mindset and this guy has, has seen it and done it all 
from high school, college, pros. So this will just be another step to this guy saying, you know what, let me just go win a game and and block it all out, Omar. Yeah, you talk about potentially lighting it up. Seattle's defense, pass defense, 31st in the league last year. No more Bobby Wagner on that side of the football. So certainly Russell Wilson will be in attack mode all night long. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Mark Ross, what's your one more thing? The Bills were winning on and off the field. I don't know if you saw Isaiah McKenzie after he scored his touchdown there, did a gender reveal for his sister. Pretty cool moment if you check that out on social. Uh, big time there for Isaiah. It looked like there was a gender reveal. A couple of crazy fans ran out to the stadium with some pink type of gas. It looked like a gender reveal. See, what's your one more thing? I missed that one. Uh, my one more thing is kind of cool here for all my, my people over in Hawaii, my Polynesian folks. For the first time ever, St. Louis High School graduates from over in Honolulu, Marcus Mariota and Tua Tungavailoa, will be starting a game on the same weekend. Remember, Mariota was the one who kind of set the charge, helped get Tungavailoa to St. Louis High School. So first time they're starting together. Props to my guy Rob DeMello in Honolulu for bringing that to my attention. Yeah, they make so much of the Hawaiian people proud with the way they Absolutely. play ball over there and the way they represent in the NFL. Here's something interesting. OBJ remains a free agent. Jokingly, he said that he's going to go to whichever team won last night. Here's Von Miller after the game. I mean, when he said whoever won this game, that's where he was going to go, you know. So, I mean, you know, it's truth behind every joke, you know. So, we just had to see you, man. He's, you know, he's, uh, he's a huge part of, of our success last year. And, you know, whenever he gets healthy, whenever he gets healthy man, I'm sure it's a lot of teams that, you know, going to be wanting him. And, you know, we just got to wait and see, man. I, I think we did everything we could possibly do to get him. We just got to, you know, wait till he gets healthy, man. You know, we're just going to keep going. And, you know, we, whenever he gets health, healthy, we'll, you know, we'll see what happens. Interesting that Von Miller, OBJ, Andrew Woodward all in the building last night. Major contributors to the Super Bowl. None of them in a Rams uniform. And by the time he gets healthy, it's going to be 14 degrees in Buffalo. He's coming back, though. Still has that locker out there. Everybody, have a great weekend. Enjoy the rest of week one. NFL Now is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.